Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Wrestling Wow Black Man, so much news going on in the world And we got me, myself, R3 And I'm Scorpiogi, of course Fantastic <coughs> Excuse me, uh, dry throat um, Perfect perfect timing <laughs> uh, A lot going on, man um, Just a lot, 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 a lot But um, as we have covered on an episode that will be airing right before this one um, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall passing. What are your thoughts? It was it was so sad how it happened. You mm-hmm. feel me? Mm-hmm. Um, like of course none of us are for this world forever, but it was just the circumstances behind it, like multiple heart attacks and all from you know what what what, what one excuse me what one would assume would just be, you know, a surgery that he would have and then keep it pushing. A surgery that lots of wrestlers have had in the past, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and not just that, but as you get older, a surgery that a lot of people who are older have too. And no one would have seen this happening. So that's what I consider to be the really tragic part is that it had to be such a horrible way to leave, you know? But um, the legacy that he leaves behind, not just as Razor Ramon and the history that he made as that character, but the, the completely, the, the way that, though, the faction that he was a part of completely changed the face of wrestling. Definitely. You know, if there wasn't an NWO, who knows what wrestling would look like in 2022. So that is quite a powerful legacy to leave behind. And he's also one of only a handful of people to be inducted into the WWE, WWE Hall of Fame multiple times. Definitely. Um, and, and, you know, we, we, we talk about the faction as far as, uh, NWO, but outside of that, of course, we have the Click, mm-hmm. um, who are some of the most influential wrestlers in wrestling history. So it, it, it's just a lot that he leaves behind, and the the journey that he went through, as far as you know, his addiction and how he was able to turn his life around under DDP, and the direction he went in, and helping so many young stars after that, you know. Um, it, it, it says a lot about how one person can turn their lives around for the better. And it's just a beautiful thing that before he left this earth, he was able to make better on the demons, you know, definitely what a redemption story. And, and it's definitely a lot in terms of, you know, something as simple as a complication. We, we hear a lot about complications in medical field. And it's like, oh, you know, there's complications, but some of them, I mean, they really can be a thing and no doubt yeah. his lifestyle at the time. And, and like I said, he's rehabbed himself and, and gotten himself in the right place. And um, he looked better and, and it seemed like his life was going in the right direction. So um, a, a good person. And he's also from Maryland. So. I don't think I knew that. Yep. St. Mary's County. Wow. But I mean, you know, wrestling, I mean, uh, Maryland is like, what is that other place where Sean, Sean Waltman and, um, Billy Kidman are from like in certain cities that are just wrestling town. You feel me? Yeah. And like, like Maryland has always been very much a wrestling state for sure. So I'm not surprised by that. No doubt. Yeah. Um, Sean Waltman's from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. 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 Him and Billy Kidman. Yeah, and, and that's like that's like Rick Rude, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Perfect, mm-hmm. like yeah, and also uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm pretty sure. Let me re- let me see. I'm pretty sure Randy He's from Sarasota, Florida. I think. Uh, you sure? 
Well, at least when they were calling him to the ring, he was from Sarasota. I don't so, know what he might say. So, that. so apparently, that, that might he, be just what they used for his character. Yeah, let's see. He apparently, he, all right. So he was born in Columbus, Ohio, but okay. uh, he grew up. So he's an Ohio guy. Interesting. Okay. Well, he's from Ohio. Interesting. Right. Never, never, never would have known. So yeah, just a sad part of wrestling history. Um, like I said, guys, on a previous episode that that will precede this one, we we do a deep dive with Randall, and I want you guys to tune into that one as well. Now, we have a wonderful woman who a lot of people don't realize was so important to Booker T's secondary run in um, WWE in terms of getting his second breath. Um, he talks a lot about how she was so important for him on the road because he he was at that point in his life he wanted to kind of kind of to, to to gear it down. Um, and so Queen Charmel, man, uh, to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, first things first, I mean Miss Black America before she mm-hmm. was a Nitro woman. She also worked in TNA. Um, talk about Queen Charmel, who, to me, one of the most beloved black women, in my opinion, in all of the world. Um, and she's also a Spelman graduate, apparently, which is even doper. So she is all that in a bag of chips. So talk about that, oh. Miss Black America. I mean, big part of the wrestling world. What are your thoughts and what are your recollections of Queen Charmel and just Charmel in general? Um, you know, in, in your opinion, do you know her just from WWE or do you know her from back when she was a Nitro girl as well? Uh, I guess it would be back when she was a Nitro girl. Mm-hmm. Um, to be completely transparent, I don't have a lot to really give you when it comes to Charmel. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we went through the the King Booker storyline, I wasn't as invested in wrestling anymore. Mm-hmm. So I it's more so from clips and stuff like that that I saw, you know, the whole feud with uh, the Boogeyman and all that stuff. Um, I was never really there. I congratulations, you know, for her being inducted. Uh, there were a lot of things that you named off that she did outside of wrestling. So for me personally, and this may be, you know, a controversial statement to make, especially in a podcast that's about celebrating blackness. I don't necessarily know why she's being inducted, mm-hmm. but with that being said, I can see that you feel very passionate about her, you know? So yeah. for those who are really passionate about Charmel, this is a good look, you know, for her to be inducted. For me, a black woman being inducted is awesome. So that's kind of where I have my heart stopped. I will never have an issue with any of the black women who have contributed to the success of WWE being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, Her as a specific person, I don't really get it. But Mm -hmm. as far as being a black woman, I think that it's all fantastic. Yeah, I just think it's dope that, I mean, being 1991's Miss Black America, which is something, I mean, that's really dope. Especially, you, go ahead. If you don't mind me asking, what, what does that have to do with wrestling? Though? I get it. I get No, I'm just saying this. Uh, well, in WWE, there's plenty of people who don't have nothing to do with wrestling that are in the Hall of Fame. So, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know trust, what I mean? Trust me. That, that's the reason why I can understand. They, they have a whole celebrity wing, so there are definitely people that have nothing to do with wrestling. Exactly. <laughs> and, and if you want, if you want to just talk purely from a wrestling point of view, I mean, I give her flies because when you think about, I mean, again, that was kind of towards my end of stopping watching wrestling for quite a period of time as well. But you think about how annoying the King Booker thing was, the music, her voice. She's one of the best heel uh, managers or heel uh, member 
or I would say compadres or whatever, however you want to call her, um, she was extremely annoying. And uh, she did every, she was one of the best heels of the late 2000s or, or, no, or the mid 2000s, mid 2000s before we got to the 2010s. So mid 2000s when it comes to King Booker, that, that thing, the, if, if they're saying heels are people that you want to hate and are annoyed by and can't stand, I absolutely couldn't. I love Booker T, but I did right. not like King Booker. I had thought it was the most annoying, agitating. It, 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 it grinded my gears. So I think they did everything they were supposed to do when it comes to being heels. And she's one of the most, mir- if you think about those, um, that secondary SmackDown era post rock, uh, being the main focus, who was important to SmackDown. You got Batista's, you got your Ray Mysterio's, you got your Booker T's, um, and, and uh, John Cena's and, uh, Brock Lesnar's, but Booker T's definitely, and Bobby Lashley's, um, he's right up there. With there, especially being champion multiple times, so in the U.S. championships as well. So I think they were one of the best. Uh, she's one of the best heel valets ever, in my opinion, in terms of the the being effective. When I think of my life, about who you got your Stephanie McMahon's, you got your right to censor Ivories, but she was also a wrestler as well. But when you think about a person who was by someone's side that was very influential, very annoying, and who really committed to the character, who better than Queen well, Charmel? The whole breakdown that you're giving, we have to make sure that we mention Vicky Guerrero, too. Oh, yeah, Vicky. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Her whole thing. She's really and, and amazing. As far as women of color who left their mark with annoyance, she <laughs> she was next level. <laughs> no doubt. And she really embodied that. And that's what a lot of the wrestling now, sometimes people are playing wrestler. You see that they're playing wrestler. And they use the wrestling voice and I'm better than you and you, you know, I'm mad at you and you mad at me and we mad at each other. And it's like, I hate that voice. It's so fucking annoying that that worked wrestling voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she really was the gimmick. Like she really lived it and she really exemplified it. I think it was very close to who she was. She was black America. She was royalty. Um, she carries herself with a class and also her contributions to reality wrestling. And, and, and with Booker T has been growing over the last couple of years, producing people like Roxy and, and um, you know, um, you know, big names, big, big names, uh, especially who else was her, I'm trying to figure out another name. Uh, she is her name. Trinidad. Uh, what's her name? She changed her name now. She used to be, um, in NXT, she's out of. Uh, she's she's trying to re get get her career back again. Who are you, are you talking about? Deanna Parazzo? No, she's from Houston, Texas. Beautiful dark skin sister. Um, oh. She was an NXT champion, and she came over, and they didn't know how to utilize her on the main card. She she was an NXT champion. Yeah, she was really good in NXT. Um, she's married to a white dude. Let's see. I'm trying to remember. We talked about so how she was somebody that was, this is somebody that was black. Yeah, she just got released recently. She oh, also are you to, talking about Amber Moon? Yeah, Amber Moon. Yeah. Okay. Also, I was like, I have no idea who he's talking about. Okay. Yeah, also <laughs> helping, also helping develop her as well. So I mean, their organization, and she's no doubt she's been Booker T's, uh, you know, support system and, and helping with the marketing and, and all the things. So just her contributions to wrestling as a whole, I think, are really dope. So congratulations to Queen Charmel. Let me give her a hand clap. I might think she might be the only Miss Black America that might be in the WWE Hall of Fame. (laughs) So now um, some big things happened on uh, SmackDown about a week or so ago. Um, Something that a lot of people, and I was talking to a friend um, who people who said they used to watch wrestling, they always say, oh, when I found out it was fake, it really 
kind of hurt my feelings. You know, I'm like, okay. Well, we all go through that thing where we find out that it's not necessarily real in terms of the ending of the storyline, but the physicality, the violence, what they put their bodies through, the athleticism, those are all real. And I talked about, I, I said, look, Big E just broke his neck. Fortunately, we got some information about how severe it was where it wasn't, does he need surgery? He didn't uh, become crippled, which is great, but definitely right. going to be out for a, a substantial amount of time. We don't know what that determined amount of time is and what the the, re, the recovery looks like. Everyone's different. But I'm just so happy, that, first of all, Big E is alive. That's number yeah. one, because you can die from something like that. And when people talk about how they, they, oh, it's fake, it's not real. Are you fucking kidding me? Do you understand right. what these people put their bodies through? And all it takes, I think about how many times Biggie has done um, spots like that. Yeah. How many times wrestlers on a weekend and week out basis do spots like that? And how, how are close they are to breaking their neck or being paralyzed. This is a real legitimate physical um, experience in, in reality, in sport. <laughs> Um, no matter what the, the ending may be or the writing may be, it's still two big men slapping me in the words of Biggie. Okay. Right. What are your right. thoughts on that? I, I, when I saw it, I was mortified by the injury. I was happy and elated that he, 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 he could, he, he you know, move around and he didn't lose any type of walking ability. Um, but definitely yeah. a long road for Biggie. What are your honest thoughts about that? And do you think there should be heat on um, the person that did it? No, and, and I'm glad that, you know, there have been a lot of reports that say that nobody in the locker room feels that way. Mm -hmm. And that's good, you know, because, of course, there wasn't anything that he did on purpose. It's a move, like you said, that's done all the time. You feel me? Um, especially when it comes to big men. Big E does it to people himself all the time. You feel me? Mm -hmm. um, so it's like it definitely wasn't anything he did on purpose. And I appreciate that there wasn't any heat on him. He wouldn't have deserved that. Um, I'm thankful that Big E is still with us. Uh, there have been a lot of reports saying we don't know if he's going to be able to wrestle anymore, so we're just going to have to see. But in the instance of the New Day, it's why I appreciate that the three of them are as educated and as well-versed outside of the wrestling ring as they are, you know, because there are a lot of things that Big E will be able to do. And it's not, it's not like how there are a lot of wrestlers who you see that they dwindle down to nothing over the years because all they are is wrestling. You feel me? there are wrestlers that are in their 60s and 70s who can't stay away from the ring because that's all they are. And that's not the new day at all. If any of them were to walk away, I mean, like really over the last two years during the pandemic, Big E has done a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of things to really give back to the black community. So I know that God forbid he's not able to wrestle anymore. If it happens, at least we know that he has other directions that he can go in that'll be positive. No doubt. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate. And I'm like you, when people, I've reached the age now. I mean, thankfully, I don't get a lot of people to say to me, you know, it's fake anymore. But for those people that say it, I don't really waste a lot of breath. Because unlike back in the day where there were certain matches that didn't happen, so you couldn't say, what well, you just said is dumb. Just look at this clip. Now you have so many things you can show them that it's like there's no way you can fake that bump. You mm -hmm. feel me? Mm -hmm. So it's like I hear you saying that you, you believe that wrestling is fake. But it's as simple as going to YouTube and showing you one clip. Like, I ain't going to waste my time. I'll just show you New Jack mm -hmm. pushing dude off the scaffold <laughs> and be done with it. <laughs> be like, Drop the that's mic. That's all I got to say. Drop the mic. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or Mankind going through the cage, the Hardy Boys with the ladder. Right. Um, right. Like, I don't have a reason to waste my time with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's like sending nothing. 
put love and light out to Big E, you know? Um, he is definitely going to be missed, especially because if there's anybody deserves to be on that big stage at WrestleMania after the last year, Tim. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And everything happens for a reason. So, and, he, oh, and, he's so, and he's so valuable to WWE, not just in the ring. I think, honestly, he's one of those people like a Stone Cold Steve Austin where he literally has so much to offer to WWE where he could be a content creator for them. He could be um, around, I mean, even on ESPN, uh, his college football background, he has such a personality that he is so valuable. If I'm WWE, if he never, if, it, if God forbid there was a situation where he could never physically be in the ring again, he should have a job for a lifetime because he's so valuable beyond just the physicality part. To be honest with you, I think that he's better than WWE. I get it. I, I agree. Like I'm just saying if I was the company, I would be like, he's so valuable. But that's just it. They're not going to realize it. Mm. And that's the same. Because everything you said is 100% factual. Mm -hmm. And you hope that Vince McMahon would notice that. But he wouldn't, you know? It's like, that's the reason why I'm glad that a long time ago, Titus O'Neil made peace with the fact that he was, he needed to find where he fit in. And Titus has been able to do some amazing things for the community because he was like, okay, I'm not going to be respected as a wrestler, but at least I can get in where I fit in here. You feel me? Yeah. And it's like, Big E is so much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you mentioned ESPN. I'm like, now that's the place where he will be respected. Yeah, that's the place where he will be appreciated. And I, I, that's the reason why I, I appreciate and love all the love that you just showed to him because he needs to be in a space with people. And I feel like he's one of those people. If it ever gets to a point where the New Day leaves WWE, they could create their own shit, mm -hmm. honestly, because there's no one backstage at WWE that doesn't love him. And because of the relationship that Xavier has already built with Kenny and the Young Bucks, there's room for him at AEW. There's room for Big E anywhere he wants to go, you know? And I'm like, the, the fact that he's not disliked by literally anyone makes it so the doors are open anywhere he wants. And, and, and we need wrestlers like that, you know, who don't have heat that everybody really respects, especially when it comes to being a black man. That's going to do him really, really well. Exactly, exactly. Great point. And you're right, they might not appreciate him. His, his values to any organization, his energy, his, his, his athletic background. I, I would love podcasting. If I was a podcasting organization when it comes to just talking sports and, and having that explosive in pop culture, you got to have Biggie. He, he's Complex Magazine would be somewhere he could go. Um, Bleacher Report, he, he's, he's such a valuable asset. And um, I see his career, whether he chooses to, st if he continues to be in the ring or not, will blossom. And, and I want that for, for that brother. I really do. Um, Swerve's debut, I know we're a little late on this, but Swerve versus Tony Nese on uh, Rampage. Um, what a freaking barn burner. They yeah. beat the absolute cock doodle do yeah. out of each other. I mean, it was stiff, athletic, one of the most, and it wasn't just spots just for the spot fest. It was very physical, good storytelling, absolute best. Again, like we talked about previously, Swerve might be, this might be, Swerve's house might be Rampage. It literally might be his version of The Rock and SmackDown. What do you think about that, match? I feel, I feel like that's that. I don't know when it hit them. Like, I don't know when Tony finally realized what we realized. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we've talked about this for a while about, um, Rampage getting to the point where it has its own stars. You feel me? Mm -hmm. I don't know when it hit Tony, but I think it's hit him now. Mm -hmm. I really do. Because you're starting to notice that there are wrestlers that may do interviews on Dynamite. 
but they're specifically wrestling on Rampage. Mm-hmm. You have your swerve, you have your teeth, you have your hook, you know, like they're having people that are specifically for Rampage. And I think that's smart, especially when you have just those three of the, the three of them alone. We don't really, I mean, of course we're going to mention other people, but we don't have to mention anybody else. The three of them are all super popular. Hook is over as hell. Mm-hmm. And if the one place you know you can find him is Rampage, that alone is going to make the ratings go up. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. When I say they gave two things I loved about that match. One, I loved the fact that they knew each other. And because of the fact that they've wrestled so many times before, what they did was seamless, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's the beauty of when you get wrestlers that know one another. Because you can get a match where it's like, I know you, I know your moves, I know what you're going to do, so we're not going to make a lot of mistakes. So that's one thing I like. But I also love that they gave that match time to breathe. Mm-hmm. That match was far longer than I thought it was going to be R3, mm-hmm. like honestly. Mm-hmm. And I sat there like, a com- commercial for real? <laughs> I think they may have had two commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, this could be a one-hour show. They spaced that out really well to give that match the time to breathe that it deserves. And it was one of those ones where both wrestlers were so good. Of course, we know that Swerve wasn't going to lose. You yeah. feel me? But both of them put so much into that that if it would have been, let's say, it would have been like Swerve's fourth match. If Tony Nese would have won, I wouldn't have been mad yeah. because the both of them wrestled just that well. Elevated like, both of them. Swerve is a, yeah. Yeah, and, and Swerve is a legit superstar, mm-hmm. you know? And, and even though we may be behind on talking about his um, his debut, you know, just only, what, 48 hours ago, he came out to help Keith Lee, mm-hmm. you feel me? So it's like, I like the fact that the two of them are going to be friends as well. Like, build some storylines for Rampage, because I think, and you know, there are people who have wanted it to stay one hour, some people want it to be two Bro, I think they may not have no choice before it to be two hours after a while, honestly. And and that's the here lies in the rub, right? Where we have SmackDown. Yeah. We have Raw. Yeah. We have NXT. We have yeah. AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation. We have Dynamite. We have Rampage. We have Impact. We have Ring of Honor. And, and also keep in mind that they NWA. said Ring of Honor is probably going to be weekly. So. Yeah, so the question is, with all the busy lives that we have, and which we're the target audience, we're the audience that grew up in the, the new generation and the Attitude Era who have the money, the disposable income, to buy tickets, merchandise, and everything. Of course, you right. want to get the younger audience, 18, who have disposable income because they still live at home. <laughs> but right. then you have people who are in different financial situations who can also afford these things. For me, and as much as I love WWE, the only reason I watch WWE is going to be because of New Day, Bianca Belair. Um, uh, it's going to be uh, uh, Becky Lynch. It's going to be Bobby Lashley. It's going to be Brock Lesnar. It's going to be, you know, Roman Reigns. I'm not really watching the other. Like, I just hate the fact that the fucking name Happy Corbin is the most WWE-ish name I've ever heard. It's Happy Corbin. How, how, I'm 30. I'm going on fucking 32. I don't want to hear about a happy Corbin is his real name. What the fuck? Well, you also have to keep in mind that Excuse WWE is. <laughs> wow, really? That shows the evolution of this show. <laughs> when you first started, you would have never said that. It's annoying, bro. Every time I hear happy Corbin, happy Corbin, happy Corbin. Well, no, up. no, no. I, I was going to say you have to, um, you have to remember that WWE isn't geared towards you anymore. I understand. You know I mean? I, it's like very, WWE very is now Disney. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it's one of the things that I'm loving. Like you want to talk about the brilliance of Chris Jericho. Yeah. I'm loving this new storyline mm-hmm. in AEW. Sports I entertainment. I love sports entertainment versus professional wrestlers. Yeah. Brilliant. Because this is exactly your your feeling about Happy Corbin is the reason why there is such a separation in audiences. For me, even though Vince was lying out of his teeth when he said that there was no competition, he believes otherwise. The truth is there isn't. You yeah. make a decision if, if you want to watch something cartoony that just so happens to have great-ass wrestlers like a Bianca Belair, you feel me? Mm-hmm. Or you can choose to watch something where we're not trying to make because even when it comes to like a Dan Housen or an Orange Cassidy, you get that these are just gimmicks. I love We're Dan Housen. We're not trying to yeah. force you to believe that it's something that it's not. Yes. You feel me? So that's the huge difference between the two. The respect that I'll give Baron Corbin, and I think that he would do well no matter where he goes, is because of the fact that like people like he and Titus have shown that they can be good hands. Mm-hmm. You know, And it's like Baron Corbin has been like, all right, this Whatever you throw at me, I'm going to find a a way to make it work. Now, the the character of Happy Corbin, I agree with you with some BS. (laughs) But I respect the fact that he's at least like, I'm going to play your game. Because at least by playing your game, I am on television every single week. So I'm making money, you know? So it's at a point now where if he ever decides to leave, at least other uh, organizations will respect him. And probably immediately give him a job. Because they're like, you know what? You got a bunch of BS from Vince and you never let it fade you. So come here so you can actually do something serious and show people that you can wrestle. I still think that it's amazing that the whole time he's been this character, he's never lost. Yeah. That's, that's wow. Okay. It's just so yeah, you're right. And it's just so jarring for me. I can't even I can't even want to my brain can't even do the hoop mental gymnastics anymore. I'm like, I like you know, I just can't do it. I mean, I said if it like I said, if it's not the main focus characters and I want to care about Shinsuke Nakamura and I want to care about some of the other workers Cedric Alexander's yeah. and the Street Profits and also you know um, the, yeah. the, uh, the the Hurt Business and stuff but they they, they they fuck shit up and it's like I can't I've invested I pay for the service I pay for Peacock only specifically now it's because of Bel Air now I do watch right. Bust Down and some other shows that are really good but primarily the reason why I did go with Peacock and I'm paying a $10 a month for it is because I want to have access to those shows and other content from when I grew up and I'll pop right. in and see some of the newer stuff but it, they're not hooking me and I get it it's for younger people and they gotta just continue to get more balanced because I definitely will watch Wrestlemania all, Wrestlemania is always going to be Wrestlemania it's always Absolutely. going to be important um, Royal Rumble is always going to be important the elimination chambers all you're going to get me for those those premium <laughs> live events but um when it comes to day-to-day television you're not holding my attention i might pop in and you might get at best for me 30 minutes um and i'm only going to watch my specific people you know what i mean um, yeah. whereas a dynamite i'm going to watch every bit from the beginning to the end everything um yeah and that's how i feel so uh, on that note um, we will talk about the Cody Rhodes news in a moment, but I want to get into Dynamite really quickly. I'm going to just kind of breeze through this. Um, yeah. Hangman, I, I'm done with this. I get it's a feud with Hangman Page, and, and, and they're going against like the Red Dragon. Right now, I don't. I, I'm not bought in on to Red Dragon. They don't matter to me. Sure, they were a big deal in NXT and everything. They don't seem mm-hmm. like from. A, Great workers, great athletics, but from a superstar point of view, I'm not bought in. I like them as people. I love them as wrestlers. Not bought into the faction. Don't really care. Adam Cole is the star. That's who I care about. That's who I like to wrestle. I love his charisma. The other two, uh, charisma of wet paper bag. Um, 
and maybe without their undoing, I don't know, um, but maybe they're just by design, they are the secondary people. Um, Jurassic Express, still happy for them, still doing good. Um, do you have any thoughts about that match at all? Or uh, Yeah, absolutely. I think the match was amazing. Adam Page, I, I love that it's been, I mean, it, it, it has been, his story has been a slow burn overall, but especially once he got the championship, it began to feel like, you know, what we experience with certain wrestlers where we want to go on that journey for you, but then when you get the belt, suddenly it deflates. And his the beginning of his reign started off very deflated. Yeah. And I love the fact that we were, we're getting to a point now where dude is really showing off. Yes, he is. And that was one of the great things about that match, you know? Um, as far as it goes with Red Dragon, I love Kyle O'Reilly. He actually has a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be a situation where we have to take time to show it. Because it, it shined when he was in Undisputed Era, but it shined a lot more once he became a solo act. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to them finally having a time where it's kind of less about them being around Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I don't really see that happening anytime soon, because I think all of us know that the, uh, the uh, Lord, I forgot their names already, the, the brothers. Um, Hardy Boys? No, no, no. The, the brothers who are with Adam Cole right now, who used to be with Kenny Omega. Oh, you mean the Young Bucks? Young Bucks, Jesus. Um, the Young Bucks are going to be faces soon, you mm-hmm. know? So we're, we're going to have this match with Red Dragon versus... But then, you know, we're, we're also getting to the point where it's going to be... Um, what's the name? Why are all the names leaving me for the tag teams right now? The Young Bucks are starting to have a feud with the guys who came from WWE who were Sully Blanchard. Um, so they have FTR. You know, yeah, FTR. They have a whole, you know, feud that that's about to start. The tag teams in AEW are just great, you know. But um, my I, my thing is is that I think AEW has groomed us into only wanting a certain number of matches in a feud. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So it's like already because of the way that AEW has gotten me to think when it comes to their matches, I'm starting to fizzle out with Adam. And, well, Adam and Adam, mm-hmm. um, and I'm kind of ready for that feud to be done. So I'm like, either at the next match, give Adam Cole the belt, or have Hangman win and Adam Cole has to move on. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting kind of cool, which is sad, because we've had feuds in the past that lasted for half a year, if not a year. And, you know, unfortunately, we're at a point now where it's kind of like, eh, I'm bored, move on. I agree 100%. And, and um, yeah, it's just getting annoying. I want to talk about, before we get into the other matches, I, we, we talked about this on a previous episode about Chris Statlander. We talked about how that gimmick was not something that was really connecting with us and how that adjustment. And lo and behold, oh. where, where, that's just what I like about AEW. They uh, get aware of something, whether, uh, I don't know if they're listening to us, but maybe she saw it, maybe she felt it, maybe the intuition, that understanding of what the crowd is saying. And yeah. I have a man crush on her. Well, no, she's got, I, no, I can't, can't be a man crush. She's a woman. So I have a crush on Chris Danlander now because she, first of all, her new looks. I was looking at them things on her. I said, okay, she, that thing was dinging. Okay, but I was Listen, like, I'm I'm gay and she looks sexy as hell. Okay, like, there you go. All right, I'm just making sure I wasn't the only one that wasn't seeing the thing. That thing that was thing. The only one. No, uh, Chris Danlander. She, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, Chris. oh, by the way, we have the same birthday. So, um, Are you as serious? A, yes, sir. We're not going to say it over the air, wow. but we have the same birthday. Yeah. But, um, 
she yeah i was like go ahead chris this is a new look i saw the vignette that they gave her i say yeah she is arguably one of the best workers on the on the match and she can do some amazing things yeah she yeah. might be the tnt champion soon if that new badass chris statlander i think if you build up a good enough story she could be the one that takes it off of jay cargill because we, we don't have a lot of women there who are, because you know, especially standing next, next to the guys, you don't really realize how stacked Chris Statlander is. But that's a thick sister, you know? Um, she has some height to her and she's thick. Two things that are Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. So if there was ever somebody who could actually give her a run for her money, it would be Chris. I agree with you on that. That's um, believable. Real, real quick. Mm-hmm. Real quick before we get back into this. Because a lot of times when we do the show, it's kind of more heterosexual leaning. Yeah. So I just want to do this for my queer people. Do you think? We talked about how Chris Statlander looks good as hell. Same thing with Swerve. Swerve is a thick brother. Mm-hmm. So for my queer friends who listen to this show as well, I'm looking out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Swerve, because Swerve is a skinny dude with a whole lot going on the back. Yeah, that brother is real, <laughs> real low heavy. But uh, anyway. <laughs> equality cakes for everyone. Uh, yes, yes. Right. <laughs> cake is being served for everyone. Man, we... <laughs> <laughs> we had John Moxley and Brian Danielson beating the ever-loving hell out of Wheeler Uter <laughs> and Chuck yeah, Taylor. Man. I mean, but I gained weight. This is what, this might be an influence of actually with William Regal. I don't know if this is the case or maybe just the magic of, of John Moxley and, and Brian Danielson, but I gained so much more respect for Wheeler Uter. His, his, his presentation, the way he fired up, they, this was perfect Good. for him. Thank you. Thank you for joining Team Utah. I've been waiting for you. I've been on that road side for a while now. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was like a. I think he, I thought at first I thought he was like an affirmative action type thing. I'm like, is he affirmative action? Is he? And I'm glad he's not because he can work his ass off. He can when he's given he the right presentation and the right type of when 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 he's you know. There we go. Because they they talked about you know the great things he's done in New Japan and stuff like that. They're like, no, Utah can go. It's just all about AEW letting him show it. You feel me? So it was like, I loved at the end because I I want the initiation to be, and we may not see it yet. You know, AEW is smart about doing those slow burns. We may not see it just yet, but I want to find out that Regal slapping you is your induction to their team. Mm -hmm. I want to find out that that's the thing because somebody said that. I forgot what show I was listening to. And they were like, it seemed as though they had an issue with Utah. But then the other person was like, but think about it. When he slapped Brian Danielson and John Moxley, that's what started their team. Mm-hmm. So he slapped Wheeler, and Wheeler didn't step away. He got close to his face, mm-hmm. you know. So it was like maybe that's going to be his initiation. I'm, I really am hoping that the names that Brian Danielson called out are going to be the people because if that's the case, we have a built-in storyline, bro. Think about it. Um, Daniel Garcia just joined the sports entertainment team. Mm-hmm. So if it's going to end up being sports entertainment against professional wrestlers, Daniel Garcia is going to end up having to make a choice of who team he wants to be on. And you have a built-in storyline right there, bro. I'm actually excited about this. Yeah. And you know I don't do excited a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the idea of this storyline between Jericho's people and William Regal's people, this is going to be a good-ass fight down the line. Yeah, everyone who they come across has more grit. They become more uh, physical. They become a different version of themselves. They are put to another gear and yeah. uh, that might be the the way that they leave them with the aftertaste of, of, of uh, facing such a tough you know lover of violence type of tag team 
Absolutely. Excuse me. Then we had the Jericho Appreciation Society. Um, Jericho continuously able to make and reinvent himself again. This dude is so smart. Um, I'm going to let you cover this fully. But, uh, yeah, I just love the fact that Jericho just consistently is able to reinvent himself. And that's how you stay relevant, boys and girls, in the pro wrestling world. Absolutely. So uh, Jericho and uh, Jake Hager brought in Daniel Garcia in 2.0. And, of course, that took place after they beat down um, the Pride and the Powerful and uh, Eddie Kingston. And at first, I was looking at it like, so how is this going to work out? More so looking at 2.0. But when he decided to move in the direction of sports entertainment, I was like, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Like, this is going to be great, you know? Um, and then he gave his reasons behind why each of them were a part of the team and the different things that he's done for them, which continues to feed towards the ego. Jericho can be a face. We know he can. But I think that Jericho is in his sweet spot when he is a heel, like seriously. And when he really kind of leans in to being the arrogant, narcissistic prick. And then it just flowed even more into Rampage because there he's on the, you know, he's on the commentary team. And to hear he and Taz go back and forth is like, which is another good thing about AEW. I love that we're no longer in a space where heel commentators just have to be heels the entire time. You feel me? It's like if a wrestler is good, a wrestler is just good. So to hear Taz and Jericho be able to go at each other as both being heels, but yet still be able to compliment when face wrestlers do stuff and everything is great. But anyway, yeah, as far as the um, appreciation society, like I think this is going to be able to go in a good direction. Not only because we're eventually going to get the war between them and the pro wrestlers, but also because with it being five of them, there's a lot of different things that can be done, you know, in a lot of different areas of wrestling as far as, you know, lightweights and heavyweights and all that stuff, tag team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's a lot that they can do. Definitely, definitely. And then we go over to a match where many of us were holding our collective breath with Wardlow versus Scorpio Sky. There was a uh, rumor of Sky automatically dropping the title. But for me, historically, AEW has proven that typically when you win a championship, you get some time to define that championship yourself, to make a name for yourself, to really get yourself over. They give you an opportunity to, to run with it. They don't, they're not very wishy-washy um, when it comes to, um, you know, flipping the title over thus far. Yeah. Thus yeah. far. And so in this match, I was on pins and needles. I was like, there has to be some tomfoolery. And lo and behold, tomfoolery. But Scorpio Sky getting over, um, winning versus Wardlow in, in a way that uh, we many of us saw coming. But um, Scorpio yeah. Sky on social media doing those things and talking about yeah I am a trans I'm not a transitional champ you know I'm a you know I am a revolutionary champion he's not a transitional champion and, and no doubt it's unfair for people to say that about Scorpio Sky and say oh he's just transitional he doesn't deserve it if anybody and, and the good part is as equal as many people who were those quirky losers who were talking shit about Scorpio Sky same people are saying he if anybody was supposed to get that title and to win and have an opportunity to 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 take the title and run and see what he can do with it it was scorpio sky and uh very happy with the ending um and and it adds more layers to the story with uh wardlow and mjf what are your thoughts absolutely to all of that absolutely the thing that i think is funny is that people consider him to be a transitional champion when you have to ask yourself how can i be transitional when i haven't been defeated in a year Mm-hmm. Like, let's have that conversation. <laughs> like, I get Wardlow, and I like how the match went because there are some people who said they feel like he should have had more offense, mm-hmm. but it's Wardlow, you yeah. know? So so even the, the you know, the, the, the A-list people in that federation 
aren't going to do that well against Wardlow. So to me, it was very realistic. But now that we've gotten past Wardlow, the whole thing is to show just how good of a wrestler he is. So for those of you who think that I'm just transitional, my wrestling skills will show otherwise, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I'm not really worried about that. I knew he wasn't going to lose specifically for what you just said. AEW doesn't really rock that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because we can't, we can't be but only a handful of months removed from Big Swole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you get their first black PNT champion. <laughs> he loses in his first title defense. Well, like, if he does can't. lose and then Tony comes down, it's like, he's like, uh, he's, then he says he's like, uh, Scorpio screwed Scorpio sky and there's like a like a like a, a screw job type thing <laughs> and then the, the whole era of evil Tony um right but right. anyway <laughs> but um but yeah so it, it, like you said it, it furthers the whole storyline between MJF and uh and Wardlow what I do want to happen though is that I and, and AEW is too smart to do this. I know they are because they even make sure that their wrestlers that come up from WWE still kind of make comments about WWE, so they don't they don't act like things don't exist. When CEC and Punk comes back, I need for it to be understood that there's still animosity. You know, yes. Like even if they decide to move on, don't act like it's just you know done and over. Yeah, all um, hunky dory. Yeah, right. At the very least, CM Punk should run out. The house war low when he's getting beat up by other people, something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 were able to you know tell two different storylines going on. I'm just looking forward to seeing who's going to be uh, Scorpio's next feud. Oh yeah, it, it, that's no doubt. So then we had the Hardys on TNT. Did we think we would ever hear that on in another organization? The Hardys versus Private Party, one of the up and rising black tag teams in AEW. Amazing charisma. These dudes are hilarious. I love their intro. They have the charisma out oozing. And I see multiple tag team championships for these gentlemen when it's all said and done. Um, Very much, in my opinion, very much underappreciated, underrated. And I'm glad that they got the, the light to work with two legends. And it says a lot that they have the opportunity to have this spotlight under them. No doubt we knew that the Hardys were going to win and go over. But what a perfect opportunity in, in a, a very solid match for Private Polly versus the Hardys. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Again, I go back to the term slow burn. Mm-hmm. I feel like, especially because of Private Party's age, it's been a thing of we're going to take our time with y'all, mm-hmm. you know, um, which WWE sadly has never been intelligent enough to do. Uh, WWE just wants to put the belt on you if you're hot instead of understanding that it makes more sense for us to take our time. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at the party. And of course, there are a lot of us in our community that could be like, they should have been, at, been champions a long time ago. But no, allow us to get to a point where we're like, it no longer makes sense that they're not champions. They've paid their dues. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like this going through this process. I mean, you could just look from the beginning of AEW until now. And you can see that they were a prominent part of um, Hardy's office, you mm-hmm. know? And then it's like when you look at, um, at Andrade's office that he has going on right now, of course, <laughs> the two of them, I mean, even when it came to them standing on the, uh, standing outside the ring on Rampage Friday night, mm-hmm. it was Andrade and the two of them. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Isaiah has personality to spare. Yes. <laughs> and when you have trios matches, kid. he's normally one of the people in the trios matches. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, for, for those of us that left private party, we don't have to worry about it. Their, their shine is starting and it's going to get even brighter. Like you said, they're going to be multiple 
six-time tag team champion. Mm-hmm. And what I love, I've I said this on episodes of Wrestling Mile Black before, but I love the relationship that Matt Hardy has with them because it's yes. genuine. It and really the, are his. And the story you know? about, um, well, no, that was about Sting when Sting saw um, Isaiah Cassidy in um, at a signing. But but also, but the Hardy saying they were influenced by them. So you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so but because of that, I know that the Hardys are always going to have their back. Mm-hmm. So there will always be somebody to speak up for them and yes. let it be known that they need to be able to get their shine, you know? And to have a legendary tag team like that speaking up for you, yeah. Yeah. Super talented young man. And um, I can't wait for our, our private party celebration when we, when they do win. Um, we're going to have to turn up, get some red solo cups for those right. gentlemen. <laughs> You know, <laughs> but then we had a match that we all were looking forward to to main event. First of all, two women main eventing on national television, which is dope. So representation does matter in that. Thunder Rosa having a, a all women's mariachi band gave me goosebumps. Um, that was AEW for the lack of production overall. They know how to add pageantry when necessary. Um, yeah, and uh, wow. What a match. I'll let you start, then I'll finish up. Go ahead. Um, mine will be really short, just because, you know, I'm like, I know I talk a lot, and I don't want to shut the coach too long. No, you good. But the match was amazing. I agree with a lot of people, you know, a lot of the pundits online that have said it was a very strange ending. Yeah. Um, it was, because it was like you had it really amped, really amped, really amped. She fell out of the ring, and then when she came back in the ring, that wasn't really a setup mm-hmm. for Thunder Rosa's move. She kind of just put her in it. Mm-hmm. So that was a little anticlimactic. Uh, you kind of wanted to continue with what we were building up when they were really going at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but outside of that kind of strange anticlimactic ending, the match was great. And they have great chemistry together. And my, my hope is that now that Thunder Rosa is champion, we find other people that have that kind of chemistry with her. Because you and I have talked in the past, and not everybody does, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, she pulled great things out of Jade. So yes. that's somebody I think she would have a great feud with. To be honest with you, I want the professor to be the next champion after Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. So I think the two of them would have an amazing feud. Oh, but yeah. I just want to do something where we can take Thunder Rosa's reign seriously. Seriously, seriously. Could, yeah. You know, and I want us to be able to respect her reign when it's all said and done. No doubt. And and like I said, the, one of the top women's performers in all of wrestling, lovable person. She's shown us love. Thank you, Thunder Rosa. This is from Wrestling Wild Black. You have consistently liked when we post stuff about you. You have said thank you. You've, you, 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 you always, and say, same thing as Jade has retweeted some of our stuff. And I appreciate you, Miss Jade Cargill from Wrestling Wild Black. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, and showing us love. That's the dope part. Jonathan Grisham has shown yeah. us love and, and reached out. Um, also, uh, the revolutionary Darius Lockhart has shown us love and appreciation. And I appreciate yeah. that. Um, and even um, it's so many wonderful stars who are on that level who have t- like looking at our little podcast, we're, we're growing. We are growing. We are followers. We're getting close to, we're, we're rounding the, the bases. We're trying to get to a thousand sometime in the next couple of months. And we ask you guys to help us by following us on Instagram to do that. Um, we want to continue to produce great content and, and unique things that, grab your attention and we're going to continue to up our production quality and up the different type of things that we do for you guys so that we don't become one note. And um, we just thankful for the love and Thunder Rosa. She absolutely, if anyone deserves it more and who has the ring work to back it up, it is her. Um, yeah. And um, so, yeah, I, I look forward to that rain being several months um, and maybe we're talking about for the rest of the year, her being champion. Um, yeah. 
added that. I, I mean, look, look how long Brenda's held it. So exactly. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so interesting. And um, and then we got the Cody Rhodes news to round out everything here. Um, apparently, from multiple sources um, yeah. and respected sources too, people saying he got signed. I mean, what you think them checks look like? What you thinking? <laughs> well, it, I'm. I think that all of us are pretty sure that he's going to show up at WrestleMania. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So it's like with a lot of these news sources and re- reputable, you know, but even they're like, we, we are pretty certain, you know, no one's just been like, it's done. We can say yeah. proof right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, come on, we're looking at Seth and with the exception of, you know, Seth in the, doing something new, turning his back on Kevin Owens, and that's how they have a match after the whole Stone Cold thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it could be a two-night storyline. Mm-hmm. With the exception of that happening, we know Cody's showing up because there's really nobody else to fight Seth, mm-hmm. you know? And they, they don't have a whole storyline behind Seth not being able to be on the card, and then he's just not on the card. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it feels like it's tailor-made for Cody to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, my only thing is, between me, you, and the audience, I don't really foresee him being in WWE if he's not going to be world champion. Just being honest with you. you and know? I think he could bring Cody, a lot of with the way he likes to be presented. I think that could be a big deal, though. He could be a big deal. A big deal. He he is sports entertainment made. You yes. Feel me? So it's like him going, and that's the beauty of him being on Raw. Mm-hmm. If he would have been on SmackDown, you don't foresee him being champion. And I'm not just talking about because of Roman. You got Drew McIntyre and a few other people. Mm-hmm. You know. But take into consideration how many people are out of action right now. Mm-hmm. If Bobby Lashley was still on Raw right now, then Cody probably wouldn't be able to see that belt. Mm-hmm. But with the amount of people that are out injured right now, this is the perfect opportunity for Cody to be able to get that belt. Oh, yeah. Um, so they, they've already said, which is a dumb idea, but whatever, um, after Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns fight each other, they will bring those belts together, but then Raw is going to end up getting a whole new belt. Now, did I, now didn't I end up saying, hold up, now remember, let's hold up, flashback. <laughs> hold on, let me, let me see if I got my, my flashback, but where did you hear this first? Where did we hear this first, sir? Who said it? Was it you who said it? Yes, you sir. <laughs> Your boy, R3, said this. My, my Southern Baptist preacher voice. I said it. <laughs> I was the one that prophesied the 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 the, the intermingling of the championship belts. You understand me? <laughs> I am the prophet. You understand me? So yeah. So that's. I've never heard you do that voice. <laughs> it's a new character we're gonna use when I'm when my prophecies come true. Um, so there should be a new belt, and stop making them freaking belts look like damn. Toys at KB Toys. KB Toys not even real anymore. Target. Make them look like a real belt. Stop the toy belts. You're a multi-billion dollar organization. You have a lineage that people would kill to have. Make your damn belts look like freaking real, legitimate, professional sports belts. Absolutely. Jesus Christ. Tired of seeing them goofy ass belts every day. I'm like, these things look like toys, bro. They don't look like no. They look like my. You know how you get the rims for your car? Like you get the. You don't get the real rims. You get like the uh, the tire clip, the the cover. But from like yeah. Walmart or Target, it looks like that damn chrome rim bullshit. <laughs> this organization has a store, has history and lineage. Your belts need to look sexy. Your belts got to look like I got to mortgage my house to get one. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so 
It could be a, I think it'll be a big thing. And, and Cody being the champion brings eyes because I've been looking every time I hear Cody going to be on, I'm like, all right, let me go watch. And I, I get disappointed. So they're going to bring some eyes back over. I think there's are some spurn hurt people who, who love AEW like myself. And maybe that can bring, heal the wounds of bad booking, dumb names and um, 50-50 booking. Maybe that can heal a little bit like some Neil Sporn on it. And maybe Cody can be that bridge. Still has the professional wrestling. He 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 legitimate. He got a street cred as a professional wrestler, and now he's going back to something that he may fit more his personality type and his character. And you can put all those together, and that could be beautiful television. So, yeah, yeah. So um, and also Bianca Belair. Before we leave, do you think she's legitimately hurt or is it just storyline? Storyline, yeah, completely storyline. Well, well, I mean, they did say that Becky was actually uh, was actually injured. Yeah, she was legitimately. Um, yeah, apparently, she was. Hers was real, but I don't believe that Bianca's is real. I don't get that. I, I feel like they're doing it for storyline because they want to be able to say that both of them have hurt each other equally. Uh, I hate it when they. But then I saw another. Not I guess it's referable. I, I was like, man, y'all need to stop. Because sometimes they do a kayfabe, a kayfabe one, and they're like, yeah. she's injured. I'm like, dude, come on, bro. Unless I'm, uh, you could get me kind of, but I'm like, but the fact that I'm even asking if it's real or not, it makes me. It's good. It's good storytelling. So, hey, yeah, hey. So guys, thanks for this episode. We had a lot to catch up with. Um, you know, to, to do stuff where life happens and, and we'll try to be as efficient as possible because we grown, man. We ain't got time to be sitting in a basement in our mama's house doing stuff. We got jobs and stuff. So, Chris Statlander, if you, you know, you need a caddy or like, I could be your valet. But anyway, um, I could be her, I could be like her. What's the guy that, that, that was uh, like, he, he he was like the, the Haitian brother that the real tight pants on WWE? Yeah. The, the one that be jumping around all yeah. the time? What's his name? Reggie. I could be her Reggie. <laughs> Better dress a little bit more handsome. I'd, girl, hit me up. <laughs> Are you going to be jumping around like him too? No, I don't. I'm not nearly that athletic, but I could definitely be a sex, like her little, her little, like her little, her little eye candy. Like, you know, I'm smooth. I'm Rico Suave. You know what I'm saying? We about the same height. I thought you was about to say you could be her sex lady. No, me and slave. No, not, especially because I'm black. Nah, I ain't going to be my slave. Right, right. No, 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 no. I mean, if she wants me to be her sex slave, I could, but I mean, you know, but uh, I don't know if she get a man, but, but I have a crush on her and I think, I mean, I should hop in those DMs just to see if she needs a little bit of a valet, you know, we get the same birthday. So, Hey, why not? Hey, right. It'll make it easy for y'all to celebrate the birthday. Exactly. But. I'll be the reverse. Cody Rhodes, the reverse. <laughs> <laughs> I help her with a new character, a little edgy. She wears like Jordans and she's like a little bit more like urban, but she's still a badass. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I, and I definitely could do a good promo. So if she needs a mouthpiece, um, holla at your boy. Um, hit us at WWB Podcast. Uh, I mean, matter of fact, I'm going to give it a proper email to reach us at WWB Podcast Fan at gmail.com. Again, WWB Podcast Fan at gmail.com. If you want to holla at your boy, we could do some stuff. We can work some indie dates too. And um, guys, <laughs> Thanks for coming on Wrestling While Black. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you. And also for our fans in Germany and the UK and everywhere else, we appreciate you listening. Peace.